Uh-oh. Live from Cool Boys Central. Hold your dicks and rub your tits. You'll be ice cold. Here come the cool boys. Just the young boy. <gasps> so cool. So cool. So cool. I see cool boys. Greetings, cool boy nation, and welcome to a special installment of the Cool Boys Podcast. I'm Felk. I'm Ballard. And I'm Dorn. Uh, so cool. Well, Dorn, welcome back. You are uh, back, of course, because uh, you are our most uh, voted number one guest to come back. Yes, yes. And uh, we appreciate it as always. And they were just clamoring after the, after the uh, Justice League spoiler cast. Cool Boy Nation was just clamoring for some more Dorn. They said, "Give nice. us Dorn." It's not just that no one doesn't see movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy to be back. So thanks for having me. Uh, Fortunately, you know, Justice League was not a good movie, but tonight we have uh, an actual good movie to review. Tipping his hat, I see. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't write this. Ballard wrote this. This episode, we three white boys will be discussing Black Panther and all the fabulous white boners it has given us. Uh-huh. We will not be bringing our black friend on the spoiler cast to prove we are woke or not racist like so many other spoiler casts and spoiler reviews have been doing. Yeah. We will just be three white boys, white splaining the 18th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Black Panther. Hola. Let's go. Spoilers. Spoilers for Blade and Black Panther. And Steel. Because we own them. It's time for Spoilers. So juicy. Everyone's talking about Blade with this. And it was just a natural. Yeah, Steel. Nobody's uh, talking about Steel. No one's talking about Steel or Meteor Man or Blank Man. Blank, I, I love Blank a, Man. I'm by a the fan way. of Blank Man. I do love Blank Man. I love Blank Man. My favorite thing goes when, he's, when uh, there's like a pimp at one point who's just hitting women, like hookers in the alley. He's just slapping them. And Damon Wayans' blank man gets in there, and he's just like, hit me like you hit them, or something like that. Or, you know, and then the guy just starts hitting Damon Wayans, and he starts crying like a woman's, ah! Every hit is just, ah! He does this perfect woman yeah, like, cry. He says, slap me around and call me Susie. Don't you know, man, I'll beat you like you're one of my bitches. <laughs> slap me around and call me Susan. And he starts hitting them and says, damn it, Susan. Warned you, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, um, Damon Wayne's is crying. Someone should help that lady. I love playing man. We usually do a quick cool boy rating of the past films of the franchise. And you wrote none, but that's not true. This is the 18th film in a single franchise. So real quick, let's just rate every single MCU movie. No, I just didn't want us to go through 18 films. And we did it with Thor. We rated only Thor in movies, too. So, I mean, we could rate Black Panther in, in Civil, Civil War. War. Yeah, sure. I thought he was great in Civil War. I'll give him three stars in Civil War. I, I thought Black Panther for me was more the standout character in Civil War than uh, Spider-Man was. 
When it came to cameos. Well, because we've seen Spider-Man before. We we knew what Spider-Man was on on screen, and and it was like this is just a new take on Spider-Man, far more accurate to the the comics version. But Black Panther was it's like altogether new, and eh, he worked a little bit better as a as a supporting character than as as the lead. I thought. Yeah. So I, I liked how it was like a backdoor pilot to his origin story. Yeah. Like how he became king. Like you saw that in Captain America's movie. I liked how it was clever writing in that way of gelling like the Marvel universe into it. And um, I loved the little like thing he had, like his ring, his vibranium ring that every time he got near Bucky's arm, he could kind of control Bucky's arm. And I still don't know if that's been answered. I'm guessing it's just magnetism. I didn't even notice that. And I've seen Civil War many times. There's two times when um, he fights Bucky. It's just the vi- it's the vibranium, man. Yeah. We don't know what vibranium can really fully do even after seeing Black Panther. No, it's it's very, it has magical powers, apparently. It's magic. Magic. It's very um, But I give a, I'd give Black Panther in Civil War, I would give him, like, easy, like, a 4.5 out of 5. I'm going to say 3. Uh, I think that is a better amount of, of, of Black Panther because it kept uh, Wakanda mysterious and you don't really find out too much about it. And you don't really get much more out of the, his character than than his, like, focus and what he's, like, trying to do, which is vengeance. Uh, once you started the world building, there was... Too many plot holes, so not to tip my hat too much on Black Panther because I did enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I, I I thought his debut was a little more interesting than when we got the full entree, the appetizer, Ooh. a little tastier. Just in Civil War, yeah, I think Black Panther's a five out of five because he was a great supporting role, like you guys said. Yeah, it was the first time we got to see him, and I'm a big Black Panther fan, so for me it was like, oh yes, finally. And then we, you know, yeah. it's a total tease for the movie coming out, his own feature film. And Chadwick's great. He's a great Black yeah. Panther. So I was kind of ha- I was like happy to see him kind of get his own movie. But it kind of seemed like he was a little bit shelved for his film at times, didn't it? It did. It did. In he, Black Panther, I don't. Yeah. I don't think he was the most interesting character, even though he was the title you know, role. Yeah. Well, then, guys, why don't we get into the Black Panther and give our quick cool boy <laughs> rating of Black Panther? I would give it a solid 4.5. I really liked it. wasn't It wasn't it wasn't a perfect film, but you know had some some little things. But overall, I still really enjoyed it. I would give Black Panther four out of five. Really, I loved it. I I loved it. I thought it was great. I would say the only thing that I would knock it down for um, is that it was uh, had some shoddy CGI at times. Honestly, that was oh, one of the biggest issues with it. Shoddy is a generous word. <laughs> yeah, there's some there's some really bad green screening for sure. Uh, walking out of the theater, I would have said three, a solid three, which for me is I'm not super generous with the, with the stars or boys. Uh, so like a three is a good movie. And especially any standalone uh, MCU entry, three means there's no way I'm giving. I'm, I give Ant-Man two and I think Ant-Man's fine. It's just like I'm tired of fucking these standalone movies. Same with Doctor Strange. This one, obviously, because it had all these things you really don't see on film. Afrofuturism, uh, all black cast, I guess, uh, which, as George Lucas pointed out, there's never been a movie with an all black cast. No, it never has. Uh, so th- that's brand new. Red Tails doesn't even exist before Black Panther. Does. No, no. Um, Mandela effect. The Mandela effect. So, so it's um, as a cinematic experience, I really enjoyed it. At, but the, the entire time thinking about it and afterwards, I kept trying to figure out numerous world building issues and plot holes. And oh, it did drop. I just re- yeah, and 
we'll go into this later, but the third act was like, oh, they saw Phantom Menace and thought, let's do that because it's Phantom Menace. It did have yes. a Phantom Menace feel in that third act, yes. Um, I would say the whole movie in general, and the reason one of the reasons I gave it four out of five, and might as well get into this right now because you just hit it on the head. Felt well, two and a half is what I, my final rating. I loved the way this movie felt like Star Wars. Really? Like I loved it. Like as as soon as he flew into Wakanda and 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 T'Challa's all like, "This never gets old." And you're just like, I, and then like you just saw this like futuristic like city and all that stuff. And even though it seems so unrealistic that there would be this this much advancement. I still like bought into the fantasy of it, and I loved it. And then, the the, the like the landing uh, felt like Coruscant, like when he lands in their Quinjet thing or whatever it is, their Black Panther mobile jet. And then, um, and then the whole throne room felt like straight out of Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Like it felt like Naboo's throne room to me, at least. Yeah. And then, and then, just in general, I would say just the. Uh, the alien feel of the of the movie. It, it was also so brightly lit. It felt very Phantom Menace to me, very Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, it did feel very Star Wars, especially the prequels, but in a good way. Uh, mm. This was definitely a lot better than those. Oh my god, and that ending for sure. If that was fucking Gungans versus Battle Droids. You some people gonna die? No, it was Gungans versus Battle Droids on the fucking, in the exact same location, just with some African yeah. trees in the background. So, so like, totally CGI. It's like, in 1998, it felt really, or 99, it felt really kind of fucking weird that uh, it was like, we could go to just a grassy field, but now nah, let's CG a grassy field. And in this one, it's like, well, we could just go to Africa. No, let's CG a grassy field in Africa, have a big battle going on there where there's like blue energy fucking shields, just like in The Phantom Menace, intercut between a, a, a fight in a basically the exact same location as the, the Darth Maul fight in the Phantom Menace, where there's a thing that keeps like energy fields keep separating them, except it's a train. Uh, yep. And intercutting that with a space battle where there's, you're trying to just destroy something that's like tangentially related to the other fight, just like Anakin in space. It's like it kept cutting back between these three things. And I'm like, no, it is exactly the end of Phantom Menace. Oh my God. And did you also have a Queen Amidala storyline too with Nakia? Kinda, yeah. Oh yeah, because it's a young girl learning to lead. Oh, that was amazing! What this? This is why I love the movie. Phantom Menace is my favorite prequel. Yeah, that's weird. Well, <laughs> still. Well, I like the Star Wars aspects of it. I, I'm I, if I'm generous three. If if I'm I'm gonna nitpick uh, the two and a half, and and I'll get into all the massive plot holes and and loops and logic and world building that the the movie just kind of says. Eh, it's, it's, it's black people just like it. It's like, eh, I, I'm going to point out these problems. I'm still going to point out the, the, these issues. I was full on. It's black people. I'm excited. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, the music, speaking of black people. Music is great. I love the music. Oh, yeah. I thought it was incredible. And I thought it was used so well. I mean, all the tracks I loved from the album were hitting at the moments I loved in the movie. Like, Ops is playing when they start the, the chase. That was so great. And then the movie ended on um, all, all the stars or whatever. That was fucking great. Those are all Kendrick Lamar songs, correct? They are for the album, but written for the uh, for the movie. Yeah, okay. And then I even liked how like the chase incorporated the song Ops, and then it worked its way into the score that the composer actually then like built off of that, similar to like, you know, great other great films you can think of, like uh, The Matrix. Really? Uh, I was a little disappointed out of score and uh, needle drops. I was a little disappointed to not hear any run the jewels because it was so 
baked into their marketing. I was kind of surprised they didn't, but I guess they were trying to do like a single single package of like all Kendrick Lamar songs. And uh, I forgot who who did the score, but obviously it had it, it had you know like a African slash hip hop beat. It was unique. Yeah, and this is I think Marvel finally figured it out because this is the second time in a row where I actually remember the music. Because also Thor Ragnarok had uh, Mark Mother yeah Mark great Mother's music Ball from Devo doing Devo yep. ass fucking like. 80s techno shit and then which fits that movie and then this one has uh I, again i forget who did the music but it, it it like it fit the movie and it was unique to the movie where it, it wasn't just like when uh Mike, michael giacchino just was like i'll change some notes on my star trek score and it'll be the doctor strange theme that you'll forget yeah you're right and and, and also um i love the uh and rem- like the dora milaji like chant in that song, whenever they would fight, you would all of a sudden you would start yeah. to hear their like you would hear that particular song and that kind of sound playing like it was almost like them doing it in the in the in the score and that, that was that, great. That, and then, that beat reminded me of the Deshi Basara Basara Deshi Basara Basara from Dark Knight Rises. What does that mean? Rise. Oh, yeah, there should be more chanting in comic book movies. Temple of Doom, right? Yeah, I love how they use that that tribal effect, obviously, you know, with the African roots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought the music worked really Dif- well. Different roots, but yeah, de- yeah, it, it, it was nice to have something distinct. Right. Yeah, right. for sure. Um... And then I got to say, uh, the action now, I guess online, there's been a little bit more of divisiveness in the action, or maybe I'm just the other end of that divisiveness. I, I liked the action, even though it may have been really CGI times. I actually did like the action of the film. I thought the entire fight sequence in the South Korean club was amazing. I loved how it b- built right into the South Korean car chase. Um, I thought that was really fucking cool, and I, and, and I didn't, like hate the ending honestly i i like the battle I, I don't mind those ridiculous battles sometimes i think they're fun especially if you have like heroes on both sides you're paying attention to i think the action yeah. was yeah the weakest part it was it was uh it was very very cgi the, the parts of the action that worked were just the the two on or one on uh one fights the like the just one person fight another person was t'challa fighting two two different people uh two points in the movie you know, um, Ryan Coogler had he decreed. He obviously knows how to handle a one-on-one fight, but the big, massive car chases and stuff is like this is entirely green screen. Uh, and you know, when we got to the armored rhinoceroses, that's when I was like, "All right, when's it over?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love those. I love the Rhino Riders. I thought the South Korean, you know, action sequences were the best part of the movie as far as the action goes. Uh, as far as like the comic book action, you know, there was no tension. There was no tension for me in the chase scene because, like, well, no. when you have a hero who just can do get you can just absorb bullets, and he's only up against people with bullets. Right. I figure that's Black Panther's biggest weakness is like he doesn't have a weakness. Like, yeah. He never was really in trouble except for when he was fighting on the waterfalls and you know trying to like when it was actually uh, okay. two men fighting. That was actually yeah. Warrior Falls. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That, those scenes were cool. Those scenes were interesting and and. Uh, I did not like in the second one. I legitimately did not know who was going to win. I thought that was uh, a cool surprise. So I liked how in the first one, there's tension when he's like trying to submit the guy, and he's like, "Just submit." And the dude's like, "No." And he's like, half his body's hanging off the falls. Like that was was really fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
one thing I have to bring up real fast in Civil War, is it ever established in any way that T'Challa, Black Panther, has like inherent superpowers? I thought he was just regular super regular human strength in a no. vibranium suit. Oh, and no, this no, one is definitely not. This one brings in, oh yeah, no, he's got super strength in addition to that. But yeah. when he fights Bucky without the suit in Civil War, right when Bucky's escaping from his little lockup situation, um, yeah. like he kind of he does he does better than other people fighting him, but he still kind of gets his ass kicked. Like so, he's not stronger than a super soldier serum. So like, how strong is he? And do we really need that since he never uses that strength? He only uses his strength when he's in the suit, anyways. Bucky Bucky has become a super soldier as well. Yeah. So that's what happens. So he is a super soldier as well. So, yeah, no, and, yeah. and 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 uh, T'Challa, they do kind of establish that he has super soldier powers, um, that like on the same level that Captain America would. Um, what the their their strength levels? I don't know that to be honest. But um, it did it, they did make it seem during the fight with Bucky when Bucky was breaking free that Bucky becomes this kind of like unstoppable force, this train that's going down the tracks. You can't stop him. He, as long as he's on the tracks, you can't stop him. And so what I took that is, is that when he's that determined, you really can't stop Bucky unless you were going to kill him. And I thought that was the fear and what happened when Bucky would switch to the Hydra Bucky assassin. Yeah. We don't know um, how strong Bucky is. He might be stronger than Captain America, I guess. With one, well, with one arm, he he could be equal in strength to Captain America, and another arm, a new metal arm, right? He could be even stronger, possibly. Mm. Well, I thought that in the Black Panther film was the first time we're seeing T'Challa take the the heart shaped, you know, herbs or the plant. No, they make him drink before he fights uh, Mbaku at the Warrior Falls. They make him drink something that takes away his power. Yeah. They do say that. We never see the first time he took it. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. He did have superpowers. Enhanced oh, yeah. He was jumping really in far Civil War. in Civil War times. Yeah, I mean, he was. I thought that was the suit okay. doing that, though. No, he was. There was a, there's a during the fight with Bucky, he's leaping around in just his casual, like, T'Challa wear. Yeah, he is. Yeah, but he's not fight. leaping. He's not doing anything that, like, they don't have, like, Hawkeye and Black Widow do, and they don't have. Yeah, no, he does. He does. He leaps further than they do. Okay. They show him do more leaping. And, he, and than he's, that. He's, he's hauling ass when he's running and chasing Bucky. And, like, but again, I thought that was the him. suit. I thought that was the, the suit. Like he's, yeah, he's running strength. fast, like super fast. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, but I think they did. They did. They, they, they did try to set it up at least a little bit. But if they didn't, I, I at least took it as such. Speaking mm-hmm. of the suit, uh, did you guys like the suits? No. I didn't really like the new version as much as the old version. I like the older one. Yeah, I like the I like the original. It, the way it came on was too magical, which would be fine if it was entirely magical. But they make it clear it's not magic; it's technology. That's the MCU thing. We keep saying it's not magic; it's fucking technology. You felt felt any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Yeah, that's but, Arthur C. Clarke. But it's like it comes from a necklace. The entire suit comes out of the necklace. It's like. I kept I, I kept thinking of the worst uh, MCU movie or one of the worst is uh, Iron Man Two. I love the fucking suitcase suit because at least makes it seem like that suitcase could have the same volume that the suit, which is a, like a, a thinner version of the Iron Man suit, has. But in this one, it just kind of like fades onto his face. There's no mechanicalness to it. I would have preferred it be a little bit more mechanical to make it clear. And if it's not, then don't reiterate. Ain't no magic going on here. It's all technology. Like then, 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 how come it's fucking clearly magical? Because uh, I don't care how neat of metal vibranium is, it can't contract space. It can't distort the space-time continuum to, to like uh, 
Arthur C. Clarke. Like a fucking Looney Tunes bag. Or like the Flash's ring where the Flash has his whole costume in his yeah. ring and then he shoots it out and he gets dressed super quick. I'm not familiar with that. That's the Flash. The Flash yeah. has a ring and it's his yeah, costume. His whole suit so is in the ring. He's walking around as Barry Allen or Wally West. Like, do, 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 do. And then, boom, shoot out the, the costume, hop in it, and flash on out. Huh. I haven't seen those episodes. No, that's not really. I don't know if it's what? in the TV show. I haven't been following the TV show I recently. But um, it is. I don't know. Uh, that's uh, comics. Hmm. Um. Anyways, um, I I um I didn't really like the look of the new suit, and I kind of found the kinetic energy aspect of it kind of silly. Yeah. Honestly, it was um, a little silly. Yeah. I'm okay with it being bulletproof, but having it like you know absorb the bulletproof powers, and then it was like weird how it worked at times. Like it seemed like if it bounced off of something, like he could be like a. Uh, was it a uh, uh, Killmonger shoots him with like a like some kind of sonic cannon and then it like takes that kinetic energy that was already built up into T'Challa and then it launches T'Challa backwards? So that comes kind of, I'm I don't that's know. A, that's not how energy and works. Then, and then yeah, then his sister Shuri showed him like here, kick right here, and then she starts filming it you know to make fun because he's like now kick it again. Yeah. And he goes launching back like that, but then they never showed that in the movie. Like anytime somebody hit him and then hit him the same spot. Like, yeah. I felt like he had to project the energy off the suit if he wanted to. It wasn't. I automatic. like how he took a lot of hits and then he would just launch back. It just felt to me, honestly, it just felt like it was just very metaphorical. And yeah. I understand the metaphor of essentially absorbing the bullets and and getting stronger because of it. Yeah, but right. when you got sick, yeah, okay, I, I metaphor. Now I'm getting it. And then when you have like all the people, you know, from Wakabi's tribe, the border tribe, uh, the border security tribe, when they're just beating on him at the end in the in, in the Gungan field on Naboo, and then all of a sudden he just bursts through. It's kind of like that idea of that, like you know, finally being able to fight back, right, and yeah. finally being able to like push off the oppression and shit like that. I think that was a lot, it was very metaphorical. It just I I thought it was kind of silly. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Is he doesn't as long as he's wearing the suit. He doesn't have a weakness. Nothing can hurt him, right? He's basically Superman. Pretty much. And and they established that that he's also, you know, taking the last heart herb, right? You know so, what would be really well, a, a really interesting Kirby. metaphor would be if 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 it wasn't that he could he was impervious, but it was just that his skin was bulletproof. So he could still be injured, but nothing nothing can penetrate his skin. That would be a really cool black character that the Marvel universe seems to want to pretend doesn't exist when they're talking about Black Panther. No love for Luke Cage at all in, in, oh, in, no. in this marketing. It's like it's not like if you like Black Panther, go see Luke Cage. It's like they are really doubling down this whole. Yeah, when we're talking about the movies, we don't talk about the Netflix. No, not it's at very all. weird because this. This would seem like a really cool, like, have Luke Cage meet T'Challa. Wouldn't that be fucking great? Never going to happen yes. because we made the wrong contract deals, I guess. Samuel L. Jackson apparently said that he was, uh, like, uh, this is before the movie came out, um, that he was a little frustrated that that he was not going to be in the Black Panther film. Like, he was kind of like, what? Like, how am I, of all people, not going to be in the Black Panther film? Well, I'm yeah. glad he didn't. I'm glad there wasn't just this, you know, you know, moment at the end where he's like, I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger initiative. Like, I don't know. I'm, yeah. glad there, I'm glad there was no random heroes that just, you know, outside of Bucky and his little moment at the very end. But I didn't see that. I'm, I'm glad, yeah, Spider-Man didn't just show up or we'll Iron Man. Okay, Spider-Man showing up and Iron Man showing up would have been fucking weird. But right. Captain America is just chilling in Wakanda at no point when they're, they're at their fucking... No, is it? Isn't he? Well, the last time we saw him, he no, was Captain in America. We have no idea where he is. So but he the left last Wakanda. time we saw him, he was there in Wakanda yeah. when Bucky went under ice. Okay. Yeah, but I imagine he bounced. That's that. Okay, maybe that's true. Because my problem is just based on one line in the uh, Infinity War trailer, really, where it implies that 
uh, Cap is still in Wakanda when he's like, give this man a shield, even though it's cut from a different scene. And he gets this man a shield. Uh, so I, I got the impression that from that end credits sting of Civil War that, yeah, he was just uh, staying low in Wakanda. And it's like, if everything's fucked up and, you know, genocidal maniac is taking control of the entire country, wouldn't you be like, Hey, maybe we should ask the, that one white guy. <laughs> I mean, not, maybe that I thought it was just they didn't want to do with the, deal with the white savior trope, so they didn't bring him in. But it's like, shouldn't there at least be a line as to why they're not going to ask Cap for help? So, Felk, speaking of the white savior trope, did you? Okay, there's this great line actually from um, from uh, Ryan Coogler all about uh, uh, about that, and 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 he has this thing because he was talking about how we, even though Captain America may or may not been in Wakanda, yeah. we know Bucky was in Wakanda. Yes. And so uh, uh, Ryan Coogler uh, said, uh, but Bucky would have had horrible PTSD. He would have needed spiritual guidance. The last yeah. thing he would need to do is jump into that civil war. And so that was kind of the thought process there. And it could be potentially problematic if it's a bunch of Africans fighting and you bring in a white dude. He comes in shooting people, laughs in parentheses. We were, we were aware of that. Bucky's not trained to neutralize people peacefully. He's an assassin. Sure. So Ryan Gilger definitely was aware of that for the Bucky character, for sure. Sure, sure, sure. I, maybe maybe it's just that Cap was only in Wakanda for to drop off Bucky, and then he went and did other things. Because I guess he does appear at the uh, floating mega prison. The raft. To, uh, hey, ironically, ironically save another black guy, Falcon, <laughs> from being uh, locked up. What do you guys think of the one white guy who really was there? Yeah. Everett K. Ross. Bilbo. Played by Martin Freeman. Bilbo and Gollum in the same movie. I thought he was kind of awkward. Like, I was fine with him in the beginning when he was kind of there. And then when he was like, all right, now I'm going to pilot the ship. And now I'm going to do this. And now, you know, I was like, oh, come on. What are you doing here? Yeah, I liked a little bit that we had him because we. I felt like we kind of needed some kind of conduit to the American, like, government. Um, nah. And then that, and I, especially for the idea of moving forward where the movie gets to, we'll get to that later when we get into the Easter eggs. But um, the way the movie does set up the MCU moving forward. But I liked Everett Ross. I liked I liked that we had some world building with him, like some character building. We have now the knowledge that he was an ex United States Air Force pilot, so that has implications right there that he could be in the Captain Marvel film. Oh, huh. right. I mean, that's what Carol Danvers is. She's an Air Force pilot, right? I guess. So, so. What, you you recast the character Everett K. No, Ross? No, you don't recast it. You just do Martin Martin uh, Freeman a little younger. And they and they know it. They can just youthen him up a bit. It's fine. Okay. They did it with Michael Douglas. I mean, they did it with, uh, you know, a bunch of people. Yeah, they, they, they've been they doing that. They did it with Robert that. Downey Jr. They've been doing it yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they did they've it with Kurt it Russell. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Disney loves that trick. I watched the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean movie because it's on uh, Netflix and like oh. there's a fucking 10 minute sequence with young Johnny Depp looks pretty good yeah. it's dead on it is dead really? on it looks uh, like Johnny Depp before he started acting yeah like in platoon and stuff it looks incredible so that tech is there so they, they definitely could to yeah no they, they don't need to recast anymore as far as Everett Ross is concerned uh, I thought he was fine I get from a marketing standpoint why he's in the movie yeah you you, you do want to at least one Caucasian face, but you want to keep him as low as to not get in the way of the point of the movie. I did find and, it a little. And you want him to be good, so he's not, you know, the only evil dude is a white guy. Correct. And and uh, I I don't want to get into the politics of the movie too much. It was a little disconcerting that the only heroic 
white guy in the movie was uh, CIA. Like that's a little and that's a little Loki's weird. The CIA agent who shares secrets. Yeah, and and a, and a slightly shady CIA agent. It was basically like, hey, black people, we know you don't like street level police right now, but the deep state. They're cool. CIA's on the side of good. They're, they want to help Wakanda and Black Panther. It's like, huh, that's not propaganda, but it smells like it, kind of. It's like a little weird. It was a little weird. It was it was a little weird. That's why the, that's why they downplayed the CIA-ness of him and just made him into, like, he helps through piloting skills. Because if you Google CIA in Africa, th- there's been some conflicts. <laughs> Oh, for sure, but uh, and and I think that's kind of the a little bit of the referencing of the character too, and I and and you know, I'm sure he will be in Captain Marvel. We'll see him again. We'll see more of his character. He is contracted for more than just two films. Yeah, he has more than two films on his contract. So that means we've already seen him in Civil War, and we've seen him in Black Panther. So he has uh, Captain Marvel is in production right now. Hmm. He could be shooting that. He could be in Avengers, uh, four the untitled Avengers film. Who knows. Who knows? We'll see him again. Yeah. He's coming back. It's confirmed. Um, and th- well, I, I, one of the things I got to say right away, uh, I really liked um, the, the cast as a whole. I thought they were a fantastic cast. And I thought they were, for an ensemble cast, they were amazing. They did, everyone knew kind of where their place was in balance. Oh, it was an amazing cast. I mean, everyone yeah. was just perfectly cast, I thought. And there was, you know, a couple of new people that, you know, really stood out. You're, you're, you you yeah. know what you're getting with like Forrest Whitaker and Angela Bassett. Um, you're not going to, you're going to get like solid supporting work from them. The only one that I did not like, and it's not necessarily the performance was uh, what Shuri. I, I found her character a little annoying. It was, it was a little too. I liked her. A little too quippy. Here's what I would say. A movie of Shuri would absolutely annoy the hell out of me. Oh, I couldn't God. do a full movie of her like that. That's what I worried but, about is that I know what they're, I know what they've done in the comics, and I know they want Ironheart to be a thing in the movies because they can't keep Robert Downey Jr. around forever. And it's like, Marvel, please don't do that. I mean, that that character would just be so grating as as a, as a lead or as a focus. It's like, I found her annoying as just like the comic support, uh, and and I don't really want to watch more focus on her. Yeah, I I would find her to be grating at, after a while. Um, you can't because she's too cool. She's too funny. She knows all the right stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's a character that isn't really compelling. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's not, that. it's just that to me, that's, that breaks down to that. And, and it could be great if maybe there's like given some wonderful, you know, um, hurdles this character has to eventually go over and like whatever. And like, you know, and some pits and falls and they have to grow out of it. Sure. And maybe the character becomes something different, but I, the way they established the character in uh, Black Panther, uh, I thought she she was wonderfully funny as a supporting cast member, and that's about it. She's Q, right? I mean, she's literally Q. Right, yeah. she's Q. Yeah. The MCU's done a good job of not having smart alecky sidekicks, and and I don't, I don't think that's. I think they should stay the course on that one. For sure, and hopefully they do. But I like her as a Q because as we do lose, as you pointed out, felt like you know Robert Downey Jr. soon to his contract, and we're gonna have this overhaul. We're gonna need. Uh, a new smarty pants, essentially, to build all the cool suits and create all the cool toys for us to watch on screen. So I think yeah. that, I think it's very likely she is being kind of set up to be that character. Well, yeah, and Kevin mm. Feige has said that she's the smartest character in the whole MCU. So yep, she is. So that's they're that's obviously right. going to continue uh, 
keeping her around for a while. One of the things I love about Marvel, and this kind of comes from the comics, obviously, based on the characters, how they're how they're designed first and foremost up front, is our 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 heroes are scientists. And I love that. I love that Peter Parker is a smart, genius like kid as in the high school. I love that. Bruce Banner's a scientist. I love Tony Stark's a scientist. I love that Reed Richards is a scientist. I, yeah. I love these guys are scientists. You know, I mean, even She-Hulk, right? I mean, she's a lawyer. I mean, like that's like yeah. a, a Daredevil, right? He's a lawyer. Like, I just not love a very that. good one. <laughs> well, he's a great one for the Hulk in the comics, but uh, I just love that in general. That you have these like characters and they're just like you know they're they're upstanding individuals. Actually, Howard Stark's my favorite scientist from the MCU. Ooh, Howard Stark. All right. Just because, yeah. I, I see. I thought of Howard as more of an innovator. There's a there's a Disney sure. there's a Disney thing to him, but like Disney wasn't it. Like innovator is part of being an, uh, an inventor. You know, it's it's like yeah, there's there's showmanship to the way he does it, but it, it's mm-hmm. he's obviously clearly inventing stuff behind the scenes. What about Hank Pym? No, no. Him, yeah. Well, Hank Pym actually is a, a really bad character in the comics. He beats the fuck out of his girlfriend and wife all the uh, time. That, sure, yeah, but that isn't that. Don't they blame that on the uh, what the Pym particles have kind of altered his? Judgment? I don't know. I, I think he's a monster. <laughs> I, I, I've read that book. I know what you're talking about. He does just beat down his wife. He's, a, he's a complicated character. Captain America has to go uh, put him in his place, and then he and then he uh, takes his wife. Takes his wife. Captain America takes does, her. Yeah. He Jesus. does. He does. He takes. He takes her. Yeah. He's like, oh, Janet. Hey, Janet. Nice wings you got there. Disconfront. Oh, he knows what to do. Oh, oh. Last thing about um, the effect. The effects I thought was weird is, did you guys notice in Jolia, uh, T'Chaka's eye was all wonky? Yeah. So yes. I, that was where I was like, did I miss something? Because I was yes. noticing it for the first time. I guess I need to rewatch Civil War see if his eye does that. Uh, I definitely didn't, I mean, he's a different actor, but him, when he was younger in the prologue, like, I didn't notice anything with his eye. Did you know that's his son, the actor? I did not know that. That's his son? I didn't know until after the movie. That was interesting because they didn't do the the CG de-aging when they've been doing it for a lot. They, They didn't do it there. They just didn't use Well, they're like, nobody knows what he looked like then. Well, I thought at the time, I was like, wow, that's great casting. He looks a lot like... The younger version of that actor, and yeah, I found out later it's his son. I was like, oh, yeah, because I thought he looked like that, like younger version of the that older actor as well. But I also thought he they kind of like morphed him with honestly Chadwick Boseman. It just turns out <laughs> it's his actual actor's son. Huh. I was like, oh, I thought there was all the CGI at play, and it was great casting. Yeah, just but his casting. eye wasn't fucked up, and yeah, the child's eye was all wonky in that one scene. The Chaka, the Chaka, what I say? Yeah, the Chaka, the Chaka's eye. Uh, was uh, all fucked up in that that scene, and I like. That's fine. People get eye situations like stuff happens to yeah. people control their eye. It's eye. it's yeah. It was just like come in the eye. It was just distracting because I was like that wasn't set up, was it? Did I forget something? <laughs> and I don't remember it doing that in Civil War. Exactly, I don't recall that either. In Civil War, his eye didn't seem to lister off to the left so lazily. Well, he had he was wearing glasses the whole time, so sometimes that distracts you. No, that's true. Wouldn't in the afterlife you your eye be fixed, especially if like that's the first time I'm noticing it? I know. Yeah, I think that's the thing. The actor got old, but I I thought I I found distracting. 
okay, I found it distracting, but this was this was a horrible thing about my 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 my, my theater. Okay. I had literally these two people behind me. It was obviously this really awkward date where the guy just didn't know how to shut up. Mm. So throughout the whole opening, like trailers and all that shit, he's just talking the whole time. And she's talking and they're talking about those bullshit stuff. And then it continued into the movie. And like they, it's one of the things that they actually pointed out. Like they're like, oh, you see his eyes all weird. Yeah, I do see that. And I'm like, are you still seriously fucking talking? Like we're like 30 minutes in the movie, you're still fucking talking. <laughs> the guy literally looks over at, his, I guess, at, at his date and goes, "Is it windy?" And she just goes, "No, I don't think it's windy right now." And and, and he goes, he goes, "Huh? I couldn't tell if it was windy or not." And they're talking about a scene in the movie, and I'm all of a sudden looking in the movie, and I'm like, "Is it windy in the movie right now? What the fuck is going on? Why are we talking about wind in the middle of this goddamn movie?" And it was literally in the Dejalia scene when there's no wind and the wonky eye action's going on, and I'm just like, "Oh my god, this movie!" It was. It was pretty hard to like zone these people out. Actually, I kind of got frustrated by them. And I kept going shh, shh, and they just kept talking. And he clearly just did not. I, he did not get laid that night. There's no way he got laid. He had no game and he had no confidence. He just did not know when to shut the fuck up. And like every trailer, he had an opinion on. It was in the beginning. It was like one of those things. Like, oh, I heard about this and that. You're just like, shut the fuck up, please. <laughs> It was like listening to a podcast while watching an episode or of, of Marvel Cinematic Universe. Not a cool one. That's the problem with going to movies on opening weekend, especially one this big. It's just like the theater's going to be just jam-packed with a bunch of people just talking and on their phones the whole time. I hate that. Yeah. I don't get the phones too much in the theaters that I, I go to, but I do get a lot of the people just talking incessantly. And you're just like, seriously, dude, what the fuck is going on? I hate when what, the times when you deal with... Uh, a parent who brought a child in who should just never have been in that movie. And you're just like, what is your two-year-old doing right now in Thor Ragnarok? Like, what, 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 what's, oh, what's the I've thought process one. there? I saw X-Men First Class, and there was a dad with, like, his two little kids in that scene when, when Magneto's pulling the guy's filling out oh, of his yeah. mouth. And, mm -hmm. like, the guy's, like, screaming, and his head's all, like, stiff. And the kids lost it. They, like, started, they seriously lost their shit. And the dad had to take them out. They were right in front of me, and I seriously, like, dude, you got to get them out of here. Like, the kids were losing their shit. They were like, what the You fuck told the dad he's got to get his kids out of there? I was kind of like, get them out of here. Like, no, they were, <laughs> they were like, the two kids were screaming like they were, like, bloody murder. Dude, Magneto was too his dad's like, I'm going to work my way through this, and I don't give a fuck. I'm seeing this movie. And that's, like, 15 minutes into the movie. And Dorn, you're all like, get him out of here, I buddy. Like, get him out. Like, no, because the kids were losing it. I was like, it's a creepy, it's a scary scene. If you're it's six intense. years old. It's a lot of intense things. I wouldn't I wouldn't show my kids right now uh, first class. The whole Holocaust opening is a little intense. Yeah. <sighs> Kills his mom. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of shit there. Yeah. And speaking of X-Men, uh, the finale train fight. There was literally a shot that was right out of the X-Men Statue of Liberty sequence when T'Challa mm -hmm. was like thrown by uh, Eric Killmonger and he grabs onto like the pole, spins around it like oh, Wolverine yeah. does, and then lands. And I was just like, what? That's straight out of X-Men. 2000. I'll give him this. The, I like how they, they at least had an excuse during that train sequence to... You know, be like, oh, well, when the lights are on, the, the vibranium powers sort of, you know, dwindle. So, like, you know, because you always see in every Spider-Man movie, he always just, he's just fighting without his mask on and for some, for no reason. And I like yeah. how this, it was like, oh, all of a sudden we can see their faces, but there was a reason for it. And then once the train went by, it was like, all right, mask back on. Let's fight. Yeah. 
it wasn't Topher Grace constantly revealing his his face. Remember, I'm Venom. I'm Venom. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And the, uh, Captain America does it all the time. He's like, no, this mask's got to go, and he just takes it off. Well, you don't want to hide those looks when you got them. I don't know. I thought I liked that Lee Lee's gave an excuse for why all of a sudden their masks were just gone. <laughs> and they yeah. Did yeah. I just didn't like the way it came off. To me, it still should have been more technological. Technological. It, this looked because now they actually finally fucking have actual magic in the MCU. Like what? Two, two movies ago. Uh, Doctor that, Strange. To to specifically go like. Oh, it's not magic. It's technology. It's technology. It's like, yeah, but if it's technology, why are you making it look so fucking much like magic? Just a little bit more of mechanicalness in in the in the mask coming when off. When you're strange, doctors come out of the rain. When you're strange, <laughs> when you're strange, oh, you're, you're, it's a copyright strike from the doors. <laughs> <laughs> well, I okay so. The movie started off with the prologue, right? We got to see this uh, vibranium black sand prologue, right? And all, all, all I took from that was vibranium asteroid and created technology, right? And the rise to isolation with technology. Didn't quite make sense, but yeah. Well, you had to give a background to this wonderful Wakandan place, you know. But yeah, but do you think the only thing that asteroid brought was a vibranium? Or do you think it maybe brought a soul stone? Yeah, I was surprised that it wasn't specifically mentioned. It would have made a lot more sense because uh, metal being in the ground wouldn't change plants in a way that Felt, would make you said the country in the Thor Ragnarok a- uh, podcast, you said in that spoiler cast that you thought the soul stone was going to be Wakanda because of soul train. Uh- That's just, oh, a, that's just a soul fun, food. That's just a fun uh, little coincidence. Where actually it might be the opposite, where they're like, uh, it's a little awkward that we the last stone we have is soul. But I mean, it's not like I didn't I didn't make up the phrase soul having to do with black culture. That's established. That's a thing. And yes, you it, did. You made that up. And it's not something <laughs> that, that it's not something that black culture has. Uh, fought against. It's something they've embraced. They the, the word soul is okay. And has that connotation. So I, I don't think it would be insensitive to have the soul stone be in Wakanda. It's just it's the only stone that's that we haven't heard from yet. And Wakanda was like or Black Panther was the only movie to come out before Infinity War. So it just seemed logical that it would be there. And it's I still think it is because there's clearly a fight in Wakanda in Infinity Stone. So it's our Infinity War. So it's like, no, nope, I, I don't think so. No, I think it's still in uh, inside uh, Heimdall. Heimdall. Yeah. Yeah. I still think that's what I'm hoping. Him. H, he's the H in the Thanos. Right. He's theory. H. His eyes are orange. He can see the souls of everybody. It makes he can sense. see everyone's soul. Nobody cares about sense. Heimdall, dude. They're going to kill Idris Elba. Idris, Idris Elba will be like, thank you. I'm out of my contract. Even, even, even black people don't care about Idris Elba. They care about fucking Black Panther now. Everybody cares about Idris Elba. Why didn't Heimdall show up in uh, Black Panther? Like, he, you know, he fits the bill. He fits the bill. Because no, he's in he another... doesn't. He's an Asgardian wandering through space. Yeah, he's on. A, he's on. Isn't he on that ship with fucking Thor? Yeah. Well, just they're just they're just uh, they're just refugees. Uh, that's true. Now. Yeah. He's uh, he's on the ship. He's never been to Earth, on, as far as we know. He's on Asgard. Yeah, he's he on Asgard, right? Yeah, he doesn't know about Wakanda. Did you notice during the prologue whose voices it was? You hear two voices. It was uh, T'Chaka, wasn't it? No, it's uh, 
it's uh, Killmonger's and his dad. It's Killmonger asking his dad, tell me a story. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, that. I didn't pick that up at first, but... It was remember, in Jabu, and it was yes. uh, Eric Killmonger? Yes. Killmonger, because remember, Killmonger later on refers to his dad telling him uh, fairy tales about Wakanda. And, then, yeah. and if you go back and listen, their voices, it's uh, its wow. their voice. Yeah, I pieced those together. I didn't pick that up at first, but eventually, I eventually clicked the, uh, put those dots together. Well, that was kind of cool then, right? To go see, essentially, the whole opening then in Oakland, right? Well, I was going to say, I love how T'Chaka is just ruthless and just has no, no doubt about just killing his own brother. You've committed treason against our country? Yeah, just stab you right through the chest. Oh, what's the, oh my nephew's here? No, he, he'll be fine. It's Oakland. He could have wired him some money, right? I mean... Did they ever say anything about his mother? I was like, oh, he'll be fine. He's no. got his mom. But I don't recall them ever saying, like, she's gone. Maybe it was still hard. Maybe it was still hard. Who knows? Single mom in Oakland? I don't think that's a great story. I liked it. I liked right. that it was Oakland. I liked that because it's like Coogler even doing, like, a call-up to his first movie, Fruitvale Station. <clears throat> He's also from Oakland. He's also from Oakland. I, I like that. Like, I, I liked Fruitvale Station, and I, you know... Yeah. Yeah, do you like Bay Oakland? Area and grew up in the Bay Area, and so when well, yeah, the Fruitvale yeah. Station shit went down, that was intense. You guys um, go to Oakland a lot? I've been, oh, absolutely, Fox Theater. Okay. But uh, I, I I thought when T'Chaka kills his brother Ninjobu, like, that was really intense. But I thought what was more intense was that it was Sterling K. Brown. I didn't realize Sterling K. Brown was in this, and he's, like, in this, one of the, own, like, first scenes in the movie. I was like, oh, my God. Who is Sterling K. Brown? He was Ninjobu. the brother. Yeah, yeah, no, Eric's, who, who, Eric's dad. Yeah, who is he outside of this movie? Uh, I know uh, him from. He's American in. He was in the uh, O.J. Simpson trial yeah, show, which crime was story. awesome. Yeah, okay. he was, and he was excellent. He's okay. also in this awesome show, Felt That You Don't Watch. This is us. Yeah, I've never seen that. Either. Oh, okay. I've never seen This Is Us. I've ne- yeah, I've never seen it either. But. I saw the Super Bowl um, episode. Is he, in the, is he in the popular. Predator reboot or whatever the fuck it is? The new one that's coming out this year. Okay. Well, I know what those things are, so now I know who he is. Bam. Yep. Oh, I liked I liked the open. I thought it was great, and I, I kind of liked how the, you saw the kids in the um uh, d- on the courts down below, like looking up and seeing like the Quinjet looking thing like fly off. I thought that was cool because it was like, cool, oh, yeah. dude, UFOs. That's totally what people thought were UFOs, probably. You know, shit like that. It was like just the Wakandans flying around in the night skies. Do you think uh, T'Challa is now going to be hanging out in Oakland now that he's bought all this property there? No. <laughs> Like, let's bring him to America. Maybe he's California. living out in Oakland, just across the uh, the bay from uh, Ant Man. Right, he's, he's back in Wakanda in Infinity Stone, and so is Infinity well, War. He's the king. So, well, he's so, the king of oh, Wakanda. Yeah. So is Captain Cap Cappy Captain. Captain. He says there's a line in the in the trailer, and granted, they put shit in the trailer. It's not in the movie, but he's, he's he specifically says, "Evacuate the city, engage our defenses." And he gets this man a shield. And it's like, uh, you wouldn't, he wouldn't have the authority to say evacuate the city unless it was in Wakanda. Oakland. Uh, I, I think if the Black Panther like showed up to like any city and he's like, evacuate the right. city. I would no. be like, absolutely, dude. <laughs> that's not <laughs> Absolutely. How, uh, that's not foreign, foreign diplomats and, and royalty are not automatically in charge of any city they go to. That's not how. Diplomacy. Whatever you say. No, that kind of clearly plays a factor in in the movie, and I think the Soul Stone's there. Yeah, I think that's possible. Absolutely. I liked I liked how the or uh, the prologue. You kind of always think these prologues are like more hero based. This one kind of felt like a little bit of a red herring that you thought it was more about like oh, kind of learning about the father. Yeah. 
and maybe his first interactions in the United States. But then it was like actually about really the origin of Eric Killmonger. I kind of liked that. Like I really liked how this like became from the get go. Eric Killmonger's story, really, in the end. I felt like, like kind of like in the way 1989 Batman was more the Joker than it was yeah. really Batman's story. Like, you kind of, like, Batman already exists in this world. You kind of see Joker's actual origin falling into, like, Ace Chemicals vats and shit and, like, becoming Joker and then, like, all the way to his demise, in fact. Well, yeah, that's um, more of a Joker and movie. And same with Eric Killmonger. Yeah. Like, that was what ended up happening with his character. Like, you kind of saw his literal origin and then... Yeah. All the way to his demise. It wasn't paced well because he he's out of the movie for a good fifty minutes. Yeah, uh, and then it, he just comes it, back. Yeah, it's a while in the first act where they kind of try to make it seem like uh, Andy Serkis's Ulysses Claw is actually the villain when it's it, the movie is really Eric Killmonger's film. Yeah, it was, it was a twist. It was a neat twist. I was sad to see Andy Serkis go because he's Andy Serkis, and also I, th- I I thought his character was weird and thus interesting. Whereas I liked uh, him. Killmonger's yeah. all seriousness, and it's just like eh, oh. it's, not, it's not as fun. Oh, see, I, what I liked about Ulysses Claw in this film is that, okay, it continues the reference that, A, Wakanda exists in Iron Man 2 when they show it in the map, yeah. to the storyline from Age of Ultron when you have, like, Andy Serkis is branded and, like, you have uh, uh, Bruce Banner being like, you know, Wakanda, uh, Wakanda. Oh, yeah. It's a word in an African dialect meaning thief in a much less friendly way. What dialect? Wakanda, Wakanda. Yeah. And they're figuring out all the, uh, like, you know, this, like, backstory of this country. And the vibranium. I don't follow what comes out of Wakanda. The strongest metal on Earth. All the way to Civil War, when you literally have citizens of Wakanda come out and, like, sh- and to, like and be, like, real people you're interacting with and your characters are interacting with. Your Highness. I love that. And Andy, Andy Circus like, to have him come back into this i like the way he played his role into this in this movie and i liked his sonic converter arm and yeah. uh i i thought it was awesome to see him die though like because that made fucking air killmonger so much fucking cooler to me so help me out here on this killmonger kills claw so he can use him to get into wakanda right yeah he's the ticket he's the golden ticket so what was the whole opening a moment with Killmonger in the, the museum in London. Like, what was that? Like, why did they even steal this hammer? If he was, it's a plot if, he was ju- if he was just going to kill Claw, like, why even go through the, the whole heist? Yeah. There's a lot of plot holes in this movie, and that's a huge one. He had the hammer, and then he met, what, he was going to sell it to Ross at the, in Korea? I don't know. I was just confused on that. I was like, he just, why didn't he just kill him the, right away and then just take him to Wakanda? Why did he also need him to go to Wakanda in the first place when if he he's is Wakanda. from Wakanda? And then <laughs> yeah. they had a big deal about pulling down your lip and showing you got that that uh, Dayglo tattoo yeah. with the symbols on it, right? So, A. Yeah, he could have just opened his mouth. He could have just opened his mouth and shown, hey, I'm Wakandan. Let me in. Oh, by the way, I'm a prince. So I get to challenge the king because apparently that's how mm. they work. Yeah. Uh, family. A. Yeah. There's so many fucking plot holes there. A. Why Why didn't he just go there and, and show that in the first place? Why did he even bother with any of the Killmonger stuff? Like, he didn't know that that was going to get one specific person on his side who just happened to, like, he needed that guy kind of because he had fucking armored rhinoceroses to help him. That that was Wakabi. all... Yeah, that was all yeah, just Wakabi. kind of a convenience of the plot. Another thing is, um, why does he have that tattoo? Why does he have that tattoo? Like... Because wouldn't that imply that you're getting that done in Wakanda and he wasn't he was born in Oakland, not Wakanda. So where did he get that tattoo from? Maybe his dad just did it with some spare vibranium because I'm guessing no, it's he a was vibranium. born in Wakanda. I took it. 
I thought he was, as that. Then maybe he was and born in Wakanda. He, he, yeah, and then he they and they were they took his family out of Wakanda and he's live and uh, and, and Jobu's living in Oakland. Well, so and that brings me to the other huge plot hole. I mean, maybe you can explain this to me, but like, other than I have little bit of world building problems with the idea that the most technologically advanced and civilized country on in the world has a as their established system of leadership the idea that you can challenge yes. the leader to the ritualistic battle to, for the throne at warrior falls to combat or death by yielding and then that person is just in charge of the country now. But like, I, I loved it when he fought when when T'Challa fought Mbaku the first time, man ape in the in the comics, but yeah. Mbaku in this film because they do not want to call him man, man no, ape. Fuck no, they yeah. don't. They stayed clear of man ape. Yeah, he's the leader of the Jabari tribe. Um, I I love that ba battle. I love the, but it was like I thought that was like the coronation, and and and. And I figured you're just supposed to just turn it down, and that like, he's just this asshole like tribe that's like I'm going to stand up this time. Okay, maybe that was yeah, they they do set that up that yes it is at this point it is just kind of a on the books kind of law. We do this as tradition. Right. It's not like nobody expects anybody to actually challenge. There's even a joke where his sister Sherry, uh, you know, like. I'm raising my hand. I'm just joking. Let's get this over with because this is all silly stuff. We just old stuff. We don't actually respect this anymore. But the fact of the matter is they still do respect it enough that when a outsider who technically has the right bloodline challenges the king and wins, they all just like, OK, I guess this guy's in charge of our country now and is leading us to war with yes. the rest of the world. And we'll just fucking OK, okay with it. We're just going to fall. It. That's not how a democratic. Well, I guess they're not democratic, but that's not how any fucking civilized and technologically advanced country would be able to function. And B, yes. if all you have to do is challenge the king, I thought initially when uh, Manape or whoever challenges T'Challa that like, OK, you only have one opportunity to challenge the king and that's when he's uh, crowned. But uh, Michael B. Jordan or Killmonger uh, shows up. It's like days later, weeks later, whatever. He and he still gets to challenge the king because he's also a prince because he has the right bloodline. It's like I'm yeah. exercising my right. He says my right because of his bloodline to challenge him. Well, if that's the case, why'd you fucking wait till virile, like ripped as fuck Chadwick Boseman is in charge of the country? Why didn't you challenge his dad to a fight in combat? Who is this old man with one eye that works? Yeah. Well, okay, that's a good. Yeah, there's got to be some I, sort of statute of limitation on the challenging. Yeah, may, maybe. Maybe that's all they had to do is like I'm within the uh, seven day like time limit right. of when I'm allowed to know. challenge the king. Here's something I didn't understand though, because. It's obviously a country with a lot of strong females. Like, you know, we have Nakia and Okoye and even Shuri. But then, like, why doesn't the queen just be like, no, 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 I'm, I'm in charge now. Like, I understand, like, why didn't she, yeah. the queen have any sort of power or rank here? Shh, intersectional feminists haven't figured that one out yet. Well, they did at one point. They kind of touched upon that, too, with Nakia. They're like, Nakia, you need to step up and, and like, you know, and, like, actually, like, maybe rule this, this nation. And, and she was like, no, I'm not ready for that. Like Who's there a mountain pass? Well, I get it. I, I get it if she doesn't want to, but I guess I liked how the movie kind of challenged the ideas. And Ryan Coogler said this as tradition versus innovation, and I think that's very evident in the way they do the warrior fall scenes, where it's a very, very traditional type of thing, right? Battle to the death to become king, leader of the you know of 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 everyone essentially, but uh, of, of all these different tribes. But then at the same time, they have like all of these incredible you know 
technological like like you know wonders like literally wonders like they were flying around in quinjets in 1992 that's fucking crazy yeah like they are so far advanced they're 20 years advanced of the of the rest of the of the of the world essentially well point. they do make a point that like we're not as advanced compared to the rest of the world as we used to be and that makes sense because everybody quinjets are just flying around all over the place now it's like and there's Iron Man and shit. So it's like, yeah, you're not that technologically advanced anymore. And they do acknowledge that when they say, like, the rest of the... When Killmonger's like, the rest of the world's catching up. We gotta fucking use this shit now. Kingsman in the uh, Golden Circle... Uh, not that. Kingsman in uh, uh, the Secret Service. Yeah. They, they mentioned that too, remember? Or they showed, like, the iPads. And they're like, what those? Just iPads. And what about him? What makes him so special? Nothing. That technology's caught up with the spy world. That's the rest... Yeah, that's the idea of the... the that's similar to this. Sort of. That's that's a country versus other countries, not not a government versus uh, civilian technology. Um, yeah, no. But my big issue is that the world building. I, I kept trying to figure out Wakanda and how the fuck this works. Like, okay, so they a meteor hits. It's full of vibranium. Vibranium, yeah. as far as we knew, is just the strongest material on Earth. It's got some properties that maybe make it very different because, as Spider Man points out, Cap's shield does not obey the laws of physics. So. Vibranium can do crazy shit. Magic. Arthur C. Clarke. Yeah, it's borderline magic. They're an isolated country, and they've got loads of metal. But they act as though they're, or are, are presented as though they are a super rich nation. And they've kept that richness, the, the, their wealth, hidden to the rest of the world. So they don't export their vibranium. In fact, it's outlawed to sell vibranium to other people, and that's how Claw got all fucked up and and. and to Chaka's brother. They even lied that Claw took it all. Yeah. How are they rich? Right. How are they rich? If you compare them to other ultra, ultra wealthy nations, like Saudi Arabia fucking has, uh, like, Oil. like, yeah, Ferraris and Lamborghinis are like their regular cars for like policemen. But my point is the reason why they're wealthy is because they have oil, just like Wakanda has vibranium. They have a national, a natural resource. So but what they, they do is they sell it to other yeah. countries and then that makes all the landowners super wealthy. So how is Wakanda super wealthy if they're completely isolationist? Having metal doesn't give you roads. It doesn't give you massive buildings. You can build them with metal, but you still need construction and tools and other things to build that stuff. Medical technology is not going to be super advanced because your country has a shit ton of metal. Uh, it doesn't like a lot of that didn't like fucking make sense to me. All they would have had to do to fix that, in my opinion, was just have it be that they are selling some, not all, some of their vibranium secretly maybe that's how the cia gets involved and then it would make sense that they had all this money and technological in innovation because they could just buy it and import it while they are secretly selling their vibranium because they're completely isolationist and all they do with their vibranium is use it locally uh I don't know if you ever played SimCity, but if you set all your natural resources to use locally, <laughs> you don't make any fucking money. You got to export that shit. And that's when the money starts coming in. So that didn't make yeah. like that just didn't make sense to me. I felt like the movie didn't quite understand how uh, macroeconomics work, which I, is a lot. It's a lot to ask from a superhero movie. It is. In which two guys dressed like cats fight each other. I mean, yeah, uh, I was going to say they sell their technology, but no, they're they're claiming to be a third world country. So mm -hmm. they're claiming to be poor, you know. Yeah. They're probably receiving they UN aid and laughing at them. Yeah, that's how they're rich. They're just pocketing. Yeah. It, it didn't make a whole lot of a, a sense that they would... Uh, I, I, just kept, I just kept wondering, like, okay, so you guys got... 
the the metal affected the trees and somehow you're all rich and super smart how I, 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 I mean if they have a soul stone it's at the center of that meteor and that's what's radiating all this fucking power and innovation so that they don't need outsized resources maybe that's what it is but I mean it, unless there's like just say magic already stop fucking right. this it's just technology Marcus C. Clark but I'm not talking necessarily magic I'm, I'm more specifically talking about how economics work and the economics of Wakanda don't, do not check out but maybe if your technology is so advanced you don't need economics anymore. When T'Chaka, or to, no, when T'Challa is in America in Civil War, he's getting into a fucking Audi S8. Like, how, where, where'd he buy that fucking $140,000 car if his country doesn't export anything is also, and is also pretending to be a third world country? I mean, I guess they could buy that he's just, he's, the royalty is like, has wealth, but nobody else does. Uh, but that, that doesn't that, that like what the uh, actual thing that happens like, in Africa or has happened in the past in Africa. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that that's fine. But like, how? What did he buy that with? He had to have used Wakandan money that was exchanged on the, the forward market into U.S. dollars, or I guess uh, nah, no, he was in the U.S. He was gold. in German. So so just Euros. gold, man. Gold talks, diamonds talk. So maybe the showers them in diamonds. Fucking throw some gold on them, and they're just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Here's this is what it's worth in American dollars. I, I guess I guess he's just be pretending that like he's the only one who's wealthy, which makes him a dick as far as everyone else is concerned. <laughs> yes, he's Bruce Wayne, right? Like he's, I got a vibranium playing. suit in a Quin, in a in a, a Quinjet equivalent, but my country's fucking starving. Well, so he is. He does have to play the role of like of 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 kind of like billionaire king because he is kind of hiding his identity. In the end of the film, they do kind of establish that he pulled an Iron Man, where he kind of goes, "I am Iron Man." He doesn't actually say that, but it's kind of they kind of establish that he opens up and is willing to talk about how he's Black Panther. Yeah, they don't do secret um, identities. Peter Parker is the only one. I think that's what? what's funny about all the Avengers. Yeah, there's only one who wears a mask. Yeah, and that's Peter. Well, Parker. Black Panther was a Secret Avenger until uh, this film, right? But this is his first film. Not I mean, really. The second he's one openly on talking about how he he takes his mask off in front of just German cops. That's true. Somebody had a cell phone war. camera there. They had, oh, they established yeah, they established right. that Everett he Ross do that. Yeah, Everett Ross yeah. says I had to keep that's that right. under wraps for you. I kept that under wraps for you. He says, "Oh that. shit!" So well, Bruce Wayne paid a lot of people off, right? Well, Bruce Wayne is just walking around, sitting in like random people's apartments, being like, "I'm Bruce Wayne and Batman Flash. It's time to go fight." I know, or Justice League, where he's walking around with Aquaman, and Aquaman's like, "Bruce Wayne, you're the Batman. That's crazy. Yeah. You're crazy, Bruce Wayne." And he's like, yeah. "Stop it! Stop! Shut the fuck up, Arthur! Shut the fuck up! You're the bat that dressed like a bat, <laughs> Bruce Wayne." Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, it kind of, it kind of, I, I, I liked it. They just said no to. Uh, Secret identities. It's just it, it. It's kind of a, a nice way to just kind of not have all those scenes. Like, what's Thor's fucking name? Like, Steve. Donald Blake. Donald Blake. Okay. Donald like they, Blake. Never hear that. That's an Easter egg. We're not gonna do any well, of that. Yeah. Shit. So He's in the Thor. comics, like, so in the comics in this film, like, it's Killmonger is like his name really in the comics, but it's Eric Stevens, and and they kind of like made it Eric Killmonger Stevens, and Killmonger's is like. His, I like I like how Marvel does that. Like I like how they they kind of like work it in as a nickname. Like they never actually come right out and they're like, oh, he's clearly called you know this. No, Cap like, America. He's never called the Falcon, right? Yeah. I don't think Falcon's ever called the Falcon, right? 
No. Black Widow, you said they never, never yeah, they never called her Black Widow. Never called Black Widow. Never heard the phrase Hawkeye either. The Hawk, you hear called the the Hawk. Hawk. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they don't. They don't. They mostly try to uh, to not deal with uh, the names, which is a little annoying. I mean, I, I do they say Falcon? I don't think they do. Yeah. So Iron Man, Black Panther, and this. I don't know if they ever call Hulk Hulk. Oh yeah, they do um, in Thor. They yeah, do, he says they Hulk do, Smash. They do in Thor Ragnarok. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they've yeah and they Avengers. Avengers. He says oh Hulk yeah, Hulk Smash. Say, in the Incredible Hulk, they say Hulk. Okay, they call him Hulk from time to time, but they refer yeah. to him as Banner specifically when they're talking about the Banner yes, character. So. A lot. As but Banner. Hulk doesn't like being called Banner. No, no yes. that's that, that that one's fine. That one's fine. I would prefer. I, you know what really bothers me is when they have to add the the in front of it because that makes it sound okay. It's like the Batman. That one's fine if you do it in like the Christopher Nolan version, but like it bothered me every time in Justice League. You're like, you're the Batman. It's like, dude's been around for 20 years. Just call him fucking Batman by now. You're and Batman. The Aquaman. Yeah. Like you're the Wonder Woman. He's the well. No you're one says Flash. the. No one ever says the Wonder Woman or Wonder Woman. Uh, but they. You're he the does, Superman. He does say. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one says the Superman. Well, back back to back to Black Panther. Um, I I uh, I liked Panther. the ritualistic battle for the throne at Warrior Falls. I kind of like that. I I I got I gave into the super soap opera drama of it. Um, I liked the Mbaku fight. I loved the Killmonger fight where he fucking just destroyed and wrecked uh, Black Panther and then threw him fucking off the falls. I guess. Yeah. I, I oh I also like how he kills Zuri. Like Force Whitaker. Okay, so Force Whitaker. Okay, check this out. Force Whitaker gets killed in Rogue One and in Black Panther, right? Essentially the first film in a franchise, Rogue One being uh, the first film in a Star Wars story franchise. And Black Panther being, you know, whatever, the first film in however many episodes of Black Panther we'll get. And then you also have Andy Serkis killed in the second new Star Wars film, and he's also killed in his second appearance in the MCU. Yeah, Andy Serkis, he shows up and gets killed. He just can't catch a break with Disney, and neither can Forrest Whitaker. They keep getting hired, and they keep yeah. killing these people off. At least, uh, at least Fox let Andy Serkis survive three movies throughout the uh, three movies. Well, for only three movies, yeah, but yeah. he was the main character. He was the and main all character. the other ones. He was not on screen very much. The other one, the Disney. No movies. more on that. This is not a. We'll not say yeah. the name. Spoiler cast. Don't spoil. Do not spoil it. I like Andy Serkis. And he did a good. He did a good uh, South African accent. I, I found that accent to be very interesting. Oh, I love the way he was like, "What do you know of Wakanda? What do you know about Wakanda?" It's a third world country. Textiles, shepherds, cool outfits, all the front. Explorers have searched for it. Called it El Dorado. For it in South America, but it was in Africa the whole time. Yeah, I liked I liked Andy Circus. I Folk. liked his character a lot. I thought it was cool. I liked um I liked how Killmonger like was a kind of like a a, a, a a kind of like Winter Soldier in the way that he just when he was what he wanted he was gonna get he was on the rails he was gonna get it and I love how he just thought even like tactically like burn all these fucking herbs like burn all these heart-shaped herbs why can't they grow more isn't it just like fertilized by the vibranium t'challa doesn't have an offspring yet so it's they've got time now see in the comics he ends up fucking storm i think right and they and like storm becomes like uh, actually his queen yeah aurora really? monroe they're gonna have some yeah. problems doing that in the mcu 
Well, are they? Considering Maybe. that Fox is moving over, we might actually get a eventually tonight. Storm introduced. I think Nakia will be probably his first wife. And then I think Black Panther's had multiple wives, honestly. Uh, he may have even actually ha had Nakia's wife in some variation of the comics. I thought you were going to say polygamy. Like, <laughs> no, no, not polygamy. Just that, Why like, not? They fucking have challenges to fucking uh, the, the king to determine leadership of the entire country. Why not allow multiple wives? <laughs> Going back to those challenges, I thought Mumbaku was awesome. I loved what I know. I don't know who this actor Winston Duke is, but he was amazing as Mumbaku. Eh, I love I didn't him. care for him. I don't either. I know everyone like loves him. Well, when, you, guess what? You're lucky. He'll be back in Infinity War. I loved his throne when they went to his throne room. It that, that looked like Star oh, yeah, Wars to me. I was like, that was that's very cool production design. That was cool. When he starts, that was my favorite set. I'll say is that Mumbaku's throne room. When uh, Martin Freeman, Bilbo, he plays Bilbo in this movie, uh, starts to he talk, and they they start. Um, going ooh, ooh, like like fucking like yeah, apes. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I was like, that was weird. Oh, a white guy could not have directed this movie. <laughs> that would have been that no, would not no. Have gone over I well. thought that was weird. I actually did, I thought, remember thinking that's a little odd. Yeah, that's a little weird. That there. I mean, I I get it that he has the the uh, mask and like like gorillas are their culture the way panthers are. Uh, yeah, from white Charles gorilla. Tribe. They they worship a white gorilla while the uh, Wakandans worship a, a white cat. I got that. Like the, the gorillas were just their thing. They like gorillas, whatever. Uh, but it was just kind of weird to have a whole bunch of uh, black guys acting like apes. In a, in a, that in was a, a little weird. I, was, um, I think it was a call out to their comic book characters, which is unfortunately is right. kind of a little bit call out to the the racist times they were written. Yeah, um, true. Yeah, even yeah. though it is a. It is a a, 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 a you know African American pro comic at the time. Was it created? Was still black had a little bit of racism in it? Created by a black guy or not? I don't know. Uh, I think uh, Black Panther was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, wasn't he? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Well, they're white. <laughs> a lot of people are calling the Stan Lee cameo racist. Uh, I thought it was fine. Racist? Why? He just takes his chips. Uh, Gambling I in what Korea. It is. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It was like a white guy stealing money from a black guy or something like that. I I, I, I love Stanley's cameo. Uh, Stanley's cameos are always fine to me. I've never right, had a problem fun. with Come one. On. Uh, to me, they're just like something you you. It's like, oh, it reminds you that you're seeing a Marvel movie. Yeah. Or a Fox movie or a Sony movie because he's been in like all kinds of. Well, they're still Marvel. Yeah. Stanley yeah. and everything. I, I I once at one point I want someone to like cut together with every Stanley cameo and then try to like fill in like with like Justice League style reshoots and like <laughs> put it like connect it and make it like all one story of one watcher and his in his travels through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And other, I mean, yeah, uh, and and other universes, universes yeah. too. And the X Men. Oh yeah, multiverse the, yeah. for sure, just like Marvel. Yeah, yeah. multiverse. Dimensions, baby. Lots of dimensions. Um, I, I really liked that fucking South Korean club uh, fight. Uh, I love that long fucking take in that South Korean fight. There was that. That's I think that's semi-practical. I, I think that it was mostly shot and then it was probably some stitching. But I did see this like uh, how to how to like shoot a scene or whatever it was. Um, Vanity Fair printed for Ryan Coogler. Anatomy of a scene. Hey, what's going on? I'm Ryan Coogler, co-writer and director of Marvel Studios Black Panther. And this is notes on the scene. And he talks about how he did actually do stuff. Like he actually did have things like cameras on wires that were passed off onto like cameramen who then like ran with the camera. And like it really was like 
a guy like getting kicked off the balcony and having to make that fall and, and try to land on a mat. Yeah, that, that was, was the only out of shot. really practical sequence in the movie. I thought it was it was and it, 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 it looked good. I mean, what is it? It is kind of weird that for a movie this like Africa, pro Africa, Africa is and it's like they actually went to Busan to shoot in South Korea. Uh, but they everything Africa was just green screens done in Georgia. <laughs> they didn't go to Africa for the movie. Wow. No, they didn't. And even Baby went to Africa. Yeah. They went to the fucking Ivory Coast. Uh, Black Panther yeah. contributed less money to Africa than the movie Baby, Secret of the Lost Legend. Sean Young. Not everybody gets to experience this. William Cat. Baby, the secret of the lost legend. Which employed, which employed actual Africans to play Africans, whereas this movie employed Scientologist Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> Cool Boy Nation, check out our last episode, our commentary track for Baby Secret of the Lost, Lost Legend. Legend. Dorn, have you listened to it yet? I finished it right before we started recording this spoiler cast. And you know how I feel about Baby. I love Baby, the Secret of the Lost Legend. Ballard, what the fuck is it with all your fucking like long, long term friends like loving Baby? Because Andy also fucking loves Baby. I, too. I just grew up with it. I watched it all the time as a kid. And then Nolan hates it. <laughs> You guys had a an episode a few few back where where that was like a, one of the boners you picked out of the hat was like your favorite boner moment from Baby. Yeah. And yep. after after I heard that, I was like, I gotta go back and watch this. It's been too long. And I seriously watched it. And then you know, a couple of weeks later, all of a sudden, you guys have an audio commentary. I was like, yes, I just watched this, so like all of it was fresh. Well, Cool Boy Nation, if you were a fan of Baby Secret of the Lost Legend, be sure to go to patreon.com slash coolboyspodcast. If you subscribe to us, you get the unabridged full movie commentary of Baby Secret of the Lost Legend, which you can sync up with your VHS or Laserdisc of Baby Secret of the Lost Legend and listen to the Cool Boys. Or Blu-ray. I was going to say, Ballad owns it on Blu-ray. Blu-ray, and I owned it on DVD. Who was your favorite character? No. Black Panther feature film. The white guy. Oh, dude, I would say Koye. Koye, that was my favorite. She was awesome. Her face was just hard the whole time. Oh, Michonne? She's a Michonne. Let's just call her Michonne. Come on. Is that her name from uh, Walking Dead? Michonne. 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 Fine. I, I say Michonne. She's just got the like the shaved head with a tattoo, and then she she just looked hard the whole time. Okoye, I thought was awesome. I I loved her in this movie. I thought Denai Guerrero was fantastic. As, as Okoye, and um, I loved how she was like, don't freeze. Don't freeze. I never freeze. Mainly because I felt like that's how the movie had to be. I felt like the movie was like, it, if we were going to make this, we're going to make this completely wholeheartedly. We are not going to, like, you know, pull any punches. We're going to do all the punches we want. And they did. They touched upon a lot of fucking touchstones, a lot of major things that, like, I'm sure nobody thought a blockbuster would touch upon. Um, I, I In fact, with Okoye... They, they brought up, of course, hair, right? I mean, that's a huge fucking deal right there. I mean, we're not going to get into that here, but, like, I like I love that. And I loved how also, like, the Dora Milaje, it's a big deal for them for hair to, like, to shave their head when they become, like, when they fully, like, you know, graduate and become a Dora. Like, you know, like, that's a big deal. So, they like, having anything over their head is, like, a, is, 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 like the fucking pisses them off. And I love when she takes the fucking wig oh, off. Oh, yeah, like, I love when she tossed the wig. I thought Denai looked pretty hot in that wig. I, I, maybe that makes me racist. I don't know. Yeah, she looks better with hair. Does that make me racist? Uh, no, why? Because the, the hair was kind of Anglo-sized and it was all straight? Yes, absolutely. Do you think she's hot as Michonne with her dreads? Yeah, I think she's hot regardless. Yeah, she is. 
Hmm. I, I liked her hot with her fucking shaved head. I thought, I yeah, I thought the shaved sexy. head looks really hot. She pulled off a shaved head, and not everyone pulls off shaved heads. Natalie Portman pulled off a great shaved head. Demi Moore pulled off a great shaved head. But, you know, like, not everyone can do that. Denai pulls it off. But I liked how she also had a little bit of a sense of humor. Like, you know, she was like, oh, yeah, he totally froze. With Shuri? You know, or like, oh, guns. They're so, such yes. primitive weapons. Or yeah, yeah, says. yeah. My two favorites were Okoye and Mumbaku. Oh, really? You liked Mbaku that much? I did. I, I actually liked Wakabi more, honestly. Who? Wakabi? Uh, oh, Wakabi? Uh, yeah, Daniel yeah, yeah. Yes. Wakabi was good. I, I loved how he's fucking Okoye. I loved how they like, ran, like randomly yeah. hinted, like, oh, yeah, he's fucking Okoye. You're my lover? Yeah, I was like, whoa, okay. And people are, like, bitching about, like, how he, like, telegraphed his turn. Like, he, that, like, uh, like uh, Wakabi was, like, obviously going to go bad. I like that. I like that you saw his natural progression in that, like, yeah, but who cares if he's telegraphing it? It was like this natural progression, anyways, uh, to this 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 twist, you know, from like betraying essentially T'Challa by by bringing in Eric Killmonger. You are using everybody's fucking character's name, and I do not know these characters' names. Daniel Kaluuya, the dude from well, Get we've, Out. We've, yeah, we've read okay, the books. okay. You could have said the guy from Get Out. Like I, I didn't know his name was Oak. Wakabi. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Wakabi was good. I like. I like. I mean, I love that actor too, but. I don't know. Mumbaku uh, had a, had an, uh, an impact on me. Just his throne room. Just, Winston Duke. Yeah, I, I was like, dude, give me more Winston Duke. This guy's great. You're gonna get him, Dorn, because the Avengers clearly show. The Avengers Infinity War trailer clearly shows we're getting we're getting the River Tribe. We're getting the Mayan Tribe. We're getting the Merchant Tribe. We're getting the Border Tribe, and we're getting the Jabari Tribe all fighting for Wakanda. Mumbaku's not gonna be anywhere near as much on screen as every other Avenger in that movie. I think it's going to be a hassle for the editor to get that movie into two and a half hours or three hours. Think about how much they're going to have to cover, how many characters they're going to cover before it's like, move on to the next scene. Oh, yeah. It's going to be, so, to it's gonna be so fast, cut, paced. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if it's going to have the, the, the ability to take the time to focus like Black Panther did um, with so, such a large character base. And I also think the Avengers Infinity War movie is going to be – a lot more of, like, your favorite characters all in one movie, all in separate locations the whole time, though. Never together. Right. You never really get them together. I think when, they, when the actors were saying, like, there were scenes we shot with, like, 62 people, I think when they're talking about that Wakanda stuff we saw where everyone's running down, like, fields. I don't, I don't think we're going to get the Avengers together until the fourth film. Speaking of Wakanda, should we perhaps let Nolan contribute? Because he's been texting us, like, all, all during this entire spoiler cast. I agree. Wakanda forever? For Wakanda forever? That's my contribution, Wakanda Forever. That's from Nolan, who has not seen Black Panther. <laughs> Need more dong. Felk, did you say who your favorite character was? Yeah, Felk, who's yours? Uh, I, was no. it Io? Felk, was it Io, the woman from uh, Civil War? Move, or you will be moved. Who is my favorite character in Black Panther? I guess T'Challa himself. Well, no, he, he's not that interesting. That's a good question. Honestly, I want to say I want to say fucking Claw until he dies. Like he he's Andy Serkis is like he's the only one in that movie who's like fucking like having laughing and having fun. I guess uh, Michonne, Michonne is 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 also like laughs a couple times, uh, but her character is not super well developed. And, and until what about Nakia, do you like Nakia? She was a Bond girl. She was a perfect Bond girl. She was a Bond girl. Yeah. She was hot. She was smart, right? She was she was she was integral to the plot. This is Lupita Nyong'o, right? Yes, Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah. yeah, she was Nakia. She was great. She was the part of the movie I felt was the most Bond. When she was involved in the film, that felt like a more like a Bond movie. That and when you had Q and Sh slash Shuri, um, I felt like that like that 
that was like the Bond stuff to me, really. And yeah. then everything else kind of felt more. I, I kind of wanted to say like like soap opera, Game of Thronesy, kind of like royal, the crown, whatever you want to call it. Speaking of uh, Infinity War, I like how this movie was not an Iron Man two, where it was just setting up what's to come. Because we obviously know Wakanda from the trailer of Infinity War is going to have at least a big presence. So I was glad that it wasn't just, hey, like, we got this big movie coming out, so check out Black Panther, which is going to totally set it up. This felt mm-hmm. very standalone, Black Panther. It did. It did. I liked that. And I liked that it was able to take its time to focus on that. I liked how the movie picked up right after the events of Civil War. Yeah. And you got some flashbacks of, like, Zemo. Yeah, like, or right after. Yeah. I like, yeah, like, like, like a after. week or something. Yeah. Did you notice that that means this whole movie took place before the events of Spider-Man Homecoming? Does it? I'm not sure where Spider-Man Homecoming fits in the timeline. Spider-Man Homecoming takes place three months after Civil War. This movie takes place one week after Civil War. Interesting. Okay, so this is before before Vulture. Yeah, this is before Vulture, yeah. And Doctor All Strange takes place, question mark. And Doctor Strange takes place between 2016 and 2017. And Thor Ragnarok clearly says that it was two years since he's been gone looking for the Infinity Stone. That means he left Earth in 2015 from Avengers Age of Ultron. And that means he was, he's been traveling since 2017. The thing is, is that when he went to Sakaar, um, they, uh, Jeff Goldblum makes reference how time doesn't play there. Loki says he's been there for two weeks while Thor's only been there for like half a day. So... Uh, I, I, I'm guessing Sakaar launches them up about three years to 2020, and that way when we have Thor Ragnarok end and they're all in the ship and the Thanos ship comes next to it, Sanctuary 2, I think that's like been three years in the future beyond 2017. So I think Thor Ragnarok starts in 2017 and ends in 2020. Exciting. <laughs> How's that for math? And uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 takes place almost immediately after Guardians of the Galaxy first one. That's phase three so far. Was Black Panther the last? I guess Infinity War will be the last movie of, of phase three? Or is it Ant-Man no, no, and the Wasp? No, uh, no. Infinity War is not. It goes Infinity War, then Ant-Man and the Wasp, then Captain Marvel, and then it'll be the Avengers fourth film that's untitled. And the reason it's untitled is because it's apparently a huge spoiler, the title. That's dumb. Yeah, because it's probably Avengers Iron Man's funeral. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, Ant-Man's going to take place after Civil War almost immediately as well. And then they're going to go into the quantum realm. And then when they come out, it'll be like 2020 as well. And like Avengers has already happened. And that's where they were when the Avengers shit went down. Oh, man. And then I think Ant-Man's going to be a big character in the next Avengers film. Okay. Yeah, good luck with that. I don't. Who wants that? Who wants more Ant-Man on his own? Look, I I liked Ant-Man, but the the trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp did not. No, I was like, that is all. That is one, if not their worst trailer, I think they've ever had. I was just like, really? Yeah, no. Trying to think of a worse one, but you're challenging. I could not fucking care less about that movie, and I like Paul Rudd a lot. Computer? Yes. Do we have any uh, new sequences? I have a beta sequence I've been working on. Would you like to see it? All right. Okay. Hey, Paul, I'm Tane, your latest dancer. I can't wait to entertain you. Now, Tane, I can get into. Uh, and I just like, I, and I like Michael Douglas a lot. Number one, I don't remember how often I used to jerk off, but it was a lot. Number two, I wasn't pissed off my dad, even when I was old enough to know what he and mom were doing in the bedroom. Number three, I don't look in the toilet before I flush it. Number four, I haven't wet my bed for a long time. Number five, why don't the two of you go fuck yourselves? I'm out of here. And I have no feelings strongly about Evangeline Lilly. We have to go back, Kate. 
at all, Kate. We have to go back! What'd you do, Kate? Why'd I wait five seasons to find out what the fuck you did? Um, yeah, no, I, I, I could not care less about that movie. But you'll see it. Gonna see it. The episode, the episode where you find out what Kate did is titled What Kate Did, I believe. <laughs> I think it is called that. I think you're right. Um, I, I, I kind of liked Eric Killmonger's uh, plan, even though it did show up kind of in the second act, um, that he was just going to, you know, right the wrong of the African, you know, diaspora with fucking all the WMDs from Vibranium. I kind of I thought that was a, a wonderful twist to his character, but it felt a little so chaotic. It didn't work for me, and and uh, I, I guess I'll have to get into the controversy just a little, little teensy bit because one of the things that's going on on the internet right now is that some conservative outlets are actually praising this movie, despite the fact that everyone like, oh, you know, all them white people are gonna be going like, we don't need no Black Panther. Actually, they're praising the movie's politics quite a bit because it is like the hero is kind of pro-nationalist and protecting his country. And the villain is obsessed with race-based retribution. Now, the movie does kind of give him, like, a sympathetic villain, especially at the end when he dies, that, like, I get why you're angry, man. And, dude, that was pretty poetic way he died, dude. I like, I mean... Yeah, his, his yeah. desire to wage war on basically all the colonialist governments and countries was bad. He was still the villain, and it's interesting to say that. To like say like, okay, vengeance based on race is what the bad guy is doing, and the good guy is trying to stop him, and is going to in the end learn a lesson of outreach and and yeah, trying to sure. trying to trying to do uh, improvement based uh, public works rather than hostility based public works, and I think that was. It's timely, and it, it's it's kind of weird that, like, specifics, you know, a lot of conservatives are praising the movie, and it's not trolling. It's not trolling. It's like, yeah, the movie has a good message, a message that should be taken to heart and should be thought about a little bit more. And totally, I think that's what that, yeah, you know what? I'm going to give it three. I'm going to give it, I'm, I'm going to yeah. up it because it has, it does say the, teach the right things in the end, even though the world bending doesn't quite work. World building. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, fuck, he's called the Noble Avenger. I mean, Black Panther, I mean, like, that is, like, his, like, that's the Avenger. He's the Noble Avenger because he writes the wrongs. I mean, he's literally writing the wrongs of the sins of his father. And once he find, once he realizes what the sins of his father are, he does work towards fixing that. And he agrees with the message of Killmonger, of Eric's message. Like, he totally agrees with it, just not with the delivery. Yeah. Like, he wants the outreach, like you said. Like, that's perfect. That's absolutely right. While, like, Eric's idea of outreach was to, you know, essentially outreach with arms, you know, like actual, like, weapons and stuff. While, you know, like like Black Panther, T'Challa's outreach is with open hand, helping to learn and, and wanting to teach and yeah. help, you know, raise. Why do we fall, Master Bruce? So we can learn to pick ourselves up. Yeah. Well, I think they added in the line with the uh, first post credit scene, which is the only one I saw. About, you know, wise men build bridges, fools build barriers. Just because they wanted to make it clear, like, this ain't, this ain't pro-Trump. Ain't pro-Trump. They want to make it clear, like, hey, we're not doing that. Because so much of the you fucking... Saw, so you saw the United Nations end, end sequence at yeah. Easter egg scene? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you don't wait for those usually, Phil. I wait for the one after the Yeah, he doesn't go credits. the whole distance. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't think oh, that's okay. so you missed Bucky. Well, before that, so that, that, that United Nations scene was actually the original ending of the film, um, but they decided they wanted to end it, uh, the film in Oakland. And I liked how they ended the film, actually, like the film officially ends in Oakland because that's where the movie began in Oakland. That was the opening yeah. shot yeah, was Oakland. Good. The final shot is essentially, quote unquote, Oakland. And I like how that is the perfect cap off to Killmonger's story. I mean, he you saw his origin and then you see essentially what his death will do in the afterlife. Sort of legacy, yeah. It'll continue on to help all these people in Oakland. There was a nice little reference to the fact that, like, yes, the rest of the world is starting to catch up because, like, when the kids see the fly, it's a flying saucer in in uh, nineteen ninety three, right. they're like, "What the fuck? That's wow, that's shit." But when the kids see it in twenty eighteen, they're like, "Is that one of those Jatari oh. ships or something?" It's like, "Oh yeah," they, like because Quinjets are flying all over the place. There's fucking alien invasions in New York. That's, that's seeing right. it land is like, "Oh shit, we're seeing it up close in person." It's not like, "What the hell is this?" So that You're was totally right. That was kind of like the idea that like the world is start the world is starting to like. Where a black the Black Panther is not that fucking weird a thing anymore. Yeah, very fucking true. awesome yeah. point, dude. I love yeah. that movie even more. You know, I I but this movie just raised to a four point five out of five for me now yeah. just because of that alone. It was fun that they did that because if if because when the ship went started coming in the air, I was like, if these kids go like, whoa, it's a spaceship, like like no, that like there's spaceships all over the right. place and there's alien invasions happening yeah. that are like public knowledge happening in the most important city in, in the country. It's like. You're in Oakland. Fucking Iron Man lives in Malibu. I mean, it's not like this shit's super weird and impossible. Uh, you guys have, like, Iron Patriot, or I guess he's called Iron Patriot, War Machine, is, is you know, like a national hero. Like, the, it made sense that, like, they were, like, seeing it as, like, okay, this is this is neat that it's here because they never mm-hmm. fucking come to Oakland, the shitty street in Oakland. Right. But it's, like, it's not, like, something supernatural or sci-fi. They don't think it's, a, you know... Well, I guess I do think it's an alien ship because aliens exist. I do like how um, the United Nations sequence kind of uh, does establish that, like, beyond this outreach in Oakland, that, yeah, they are going to open up their technology to the world, or at least that's really well hinted upon with a smirk. Um, yeah. That's the I, I Am Iron Man moment of this film. Yeah. And I, that'll be interesting. I think that will really affect the way Phase 4 can play out as a totally more futuristic society and, and become even more fantasy-based. And I think that might yes. help Phase 4 kind of differentiate itself so much from these first three phases and be something fresh and new. I'm not really sure what technology they really had over Iron Man man's technology that was like that they have really fast maglev trains i mean they didn't yeah but they also have uh, uh that like that black vibranium sand computer that they used yeah yeah the, i guess that's which new. which sure used to drive the car from that was sick. that was really cool right and martin freeman used as well uh, as yeah, ever roth as the uh yeah, yeah that, that was awesome it was an arcade know. right he just got to play an arcade yeah basically was. an arcade yeah. game um speaking of phase four I was not a big fan of of Doctor Strange, and so I'm not really. I don't really feel like we need any more of those movies. I mean, obviously, Doctor Doctor mentioned Ant Man wasn't you know hitting for him that well. So I feel like Black Panther is the first superhero we're seeing that could continue to have more movies in Phase Four. That'll be interesting. Obviously, we're not going to have any more Iron Man. Probably not any more Captain. Well, what America. about Spider Man? Is it because he's just Sony? Is that why? Didn't they only? Do a contract for like two movies or something? I thought they did a contract for three uh, Sony films and three Marvel films, and and so we're gonna get three so, like Sony films of of Peter Parker like as Spider Man. We have one now. We get two more. Yeah, there's also a Venom movie coming that may or yeah. may not be in the MCU. I am still not clear. I don't think so. I think it's gonna be in the Spider Man's MCU, yeah. which is 
and canon, but just referenced upon like Netflix. Tom Holland's supposed to cameo as Peter Parker, but not as Spider-Man. Yeah. Like they like like anybody that's not main Marvel MCU, well they main Marvel MCU doesn't reference anybody outside of main Marvel MCU, but what they do is they everyone outside of main Marvel MCU. So if you're ABC Marvel or if you're Netflix Marvel or Sony Marvel, you reference Marvel, but Marvel will never reference Right. You. So now they have a fourth tier of the of their universe. Right, right, right. Essentially, yeah. And Venom will be a part of it. God, it's fucking confusing. That's that's so funny. Like, try to try just real fast. Try to try to wrap your head around that. They have the episodic movies, which all take place in one continuity. They have TV shows that can be affected by the events of the movies, and people from the movies can go to the TV shows. But nothing that happens in the TV shows can be referenced or have an impact on the movies. Then they have a Netflix shows which can tangentially reference things that are in the movies, but they have to say like flag waver to refer to Captain America or guy with hammer. And they can only ref- loosely reference to the events of the Avengers as the incident. And and nothing from those that world can ever come into the ABC or movies networks. And now they've got the Sony world in which the character from the Sony movies is going to be able to be in the uh, standalone are in the main movie threads, but they also will have movies that connect to that character who will not be mentioned in the main movies. Jesus fucking Christ. Shared right. universe? Oh, right. Freeform. And those are shows? Yeah, Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger. Oh, Cloak and Dagger, right. But uh, you're missing one, Felk. But, you're missing the new one that's going to be coming out with the Disney streaming service that they just announced, Disney actually announced. And they already have their own... Marvel TV series they're building out just for that. They haven't announced what it is yet. Okay, you don't know. But I was going to say, will that include will that include like X-Men and, and Fantastic Four, or are we going to get those later? They haven't announced what it is. We don't know be, what's going to happen. It could be a Fantastic there. Four TV show. It could be a X-Men TV show. I doubt that. Um, it's it, More than likely, it's probably something like Moon Knight or something like that. Moon Knight, yeah. It's, that could work. Um, going back to Black Panther, final things about it, I guess, guys, really, is uh, – Felk, the last Easter egg, did you or did you not see it? I did not see it. I know it's about Bucky. So, yeah, it's about the white wolf is what they refer to him, and it's Bucky, and he looks totally fucking fine. He's missing his arm still. And it's the second character in this movie to have missing an arm. It was weird. I've seen it. I was like, wait, that's the second character to not have an arm in it. What's going bad on? Bad eyes, bad arms. Hey, why are you being so ableist? Aren't they just people? I know. <laughs> is that what it is? It's all the it's 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 the uh, it's the outcome of a uh, of, of of Phase Two's Empire Strikes Back uh, yeah, reference, reference for every yeah. film. Well, in yeah. case I mean that's Marvel's thing is damaged superheroes. Tony Stark's got a heart condition. Doctor yeah. Strange has fucked up hands. Charles yeah. Xavier's paralyzed. Yeah. Everybody's got fucked up. Everybody's got stuff that's like wrong with them to a certain degree. I mean, some people are just fine. Like Cyclops can't even use his fucking eyes. Like, well, all the mutant abilities people. are, can be disabilities in their, in their own right. But like the idea yeah. that like Charles is the Xavier is the most like powerful mind mutant yet. He's still in a body that can be paralyzed. Like it's the yeah. idea that you, and outside of, uh, Barbara Marvel Gordon, there's really not, none of that in the DC like, universe. That Marvel's kind of thing has always been like... Batman got his back broken at one point. Fixed it, though. He fixed it. Fixed it in he days. Fixed. Yeah, he fixed it and, and fixed healed so pretty good. fast. And then climbed out of a giant hole. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Fine. Well, or he had, he had uh, Azazel take over for a while. No, not Azazel. Um, uh, Azrael. 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 Uh, I, have, I have that issue. What's his name? It's very Sada. French. Jean-Baptiste... Uh, Jean... Jean Paul Vallet. Jean Paul Vallet. I mean, he, like, Captain America is is a sickly kid. Yeah, he is sickly. That's, that's the whole idea is that it's like it's 
damage people becoming strong. That's 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 a that's nice. But Marvel does a damaged damaged heroes, and uh, that's what they established with Bucky. But they established with the Bucky we're going to get probably moving forward is some of the clearer conscience. Will Bucky become the new Captain America? Yeah, probably. I think it's uh, if they if they were to go based on the way they set up the storyline so far between a Captain America trilogy. Uh, Bucky is kind of would be the next Captain America, but I could easily see it going like as a, you know, pulling a fast one and being like, boom, it's Sam. They got Sebastian Stan for nine movies. That's his contract. That's what I heard. That, that's what I heard. Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. Well, that's what I heard. This city hall. That's what I heard, yeah, as well, yeah. They have for lo- pretty good lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't I never understand that. So so does Black Panther count? He's in it for 12 seconds. That that sometimes depends because uh um Chris Evans showing up in Thor the Dark World did not count. That was a favor. So it's yeah. possible that Sebastian Stan could have done it as a favor, or it's possible they could have shot it for Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. And then just put it in the back end of uh, Black Panther. Yeah, that's how they get around it, because that's why James Gunn directed the uh, end credit sting for Thor uh, 2 with uh, Sif meeting Benicio Del Toro. They're like, well, we can't get Benicio Del Toro for two movies, but we can get him for one movie and just not tell him we're going to take this part out of the movie and fucking put it in the other movie. Benicio Del Toro did not know he would be appearing in, in Thor 2. And Ant-Man, they ended with the Civil War uh, sequence being uh, with Bucky, Falcon, and and uh, Steve Rogers all in the uh, warehouse in Germany. That was the end credit scene for Ant-Man. Yeah. So it was like that. They literally took a scene straight out of Civil War for that too. Yeah, they've been doing that a lot with. Uh, they did it with Doctor Strange. They took a scene right, out of Doctor Thor, Strange. Thor three and and just removed. Yeah, you know, they did. They took Thor Ragnarok directly. I, I remember thinking like, oh, this is original, and they didn't. All right. Um. So guys. Now that we're just done with Black Panther, let's give our uh, our quick cool boy top five MCU origin films to date. Guys, who would like to go first? I can go first. Go ahead, Felk. Uh, Iron Man is still the best. Okay, so you're number one. Uh, followed by Captain America, the first Avenger. Or just the first Avenger if you're from the UK, which I know you don't like, which I, I think is a perfect nostalgia trip. Very Joe Johnson. Uh, and I, I love the the fake Chris Evans. Um, third, I actually will say Spidey Man Homecoming. Uh, I don't know if that counts as an origin. I would say it does. Uh, I think it's a very fun movie experience. It's a different kind of origin. It's not about like how he be- gets the powers, but how what he, how he actually learns to deal with them. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I guess I'll throw Guardians Black Panther. Dorn, how about you? Go ahead. You can go next. Uh, number one is Iron Man. I guess number two would be Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Then Black Panther. Then Captain America, First Avenger. And I only have four. Then I guess Spider-Man. Spider-Man Homecoming? Yeah. Okay, so my number five will go like this. My number one, I would say for sure is, yes, absolutely, Iron Man. Yeah. My number Bingo. two is Black Panther. Cool. Wow. My number high. three would be Guardians of the Galaxy. My number four would be Spider-Man Homecoming, and my number five would be Captain America, the first Avenger. You think Black Panther is better than uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes, I enjoyed Black Panther more than Guardians of the Galaxy. I did not. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd rank Guardians above Black Panther. Um, well, Cool Boy Nation, I have one recommendation. If you like yourself some Black Panther and you can't wait for your Avengers Infinity War, I would recommend a movie called... Ultimate Avengers 2, Rise of the Black Panther. It's animated. 
but it gets your Black Panther. It's kind of like an introduction into Wakanda from these Avengers' point of view because it is the second Avengers film. It is based on the Ultimates series, and uh, it might have some elements that are similar to what we might see in Avengers Infinity War. Well, that brings us to a close of tonight's episode. New episodes of the Cool Boys Podcast come out every Tuesday. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Cool Boys Podcast and Facebook as the Cool Boys Podcast. You can email us at the Cool Boys Podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to like and subscribe to us on YouTube. You can find us on YouTube by searching for the Cool Boys Podcast. And please rate and review us on iTunes. And if you'd like, you can donate to us on Patreon and receive additional episodes of Cool Boys After Dark, including the full commentary to Baby Secret of the Lost Legend. And a Cool Boys shout-out on our normal episodes that air every Monday. You can find the Cool Boys on Patreon at patreon.com slash coolboyspodcast. And please check out our other great Cool Boys Central content with Batman and Beyond, a Cool Boys podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Patreon, with Cool Boys have an uncensored discussion about Batman, the animated series, everything ranging from bat tips to bat nips, and all the boners they have given us. Offer Doran a chance to plug their super cool social media and so cool stuff. Doran. You know I don't. Do you have any super cool stuff or so cool social media? If I recall, Darn, you had a really cool Instagram you were going to promote, but you never promoted. Instagram? Did you say you had an Instagram last time? You're like, I have an Instagram page. I've got an Instagram account. I don't. There you go, cool boy nation. Be sure to follow Darn on Instagram at Kylie Jenner. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening. Stay cool, cool boy nation. Until next time, it's Bizees from Felk. That's Bizies from Ballard. And that's Bizies from Dorn. <sighs> Thank you, Dorn. Thanks so much for being here, big guy. Oh, yeah. Thanks for uh, letting me join you. It's been a pleasure and a privilege, Dorn. Did you like it? Did you like it? Did you like it? Yeah. You are standing American boy. You have excelled in all things. I pump while I dump. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. So cool. Without any This episode of the Cool Boys Podcast was brought to you by... Oh, we never talked about our drinks! I'm not drinking. Well, I'm just having a Roman Coke. I'm drinking a New Belgium Pale Ale. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Delicious. (laughs) Get some Cool Cool Boys! Boys. (laughs) (laughs) So serious.